Well, hello, and welcome back to Big Fish Little Pod. I had a friend that sent that posted a sign, and it said, "At the end of the day, I would rather be excluded for people that I choose to include rather than included for people that I choose to exclude." And I really liked that. I like the idea of saying I I would rather be judged based on who I include. Um, And it threw me back into my early Southern Baptist days where um, even though they were very good at asking people to join the church and follow Jesus and would be more than happy to baptize you if you if you got all the requirements right, um, they were also pretty quick to have a group of people that they would send to hell. Um, And so they were inclusive if you were the right kind of person, but very exclusive if you weren't. Um, And that that was my first outside my family encounter with religious people. And they weren't the same religious people that I grew up with in my family. Um, My family was very much a a heart that said, come, just come and join us and and we'll let God take care of the rest. Um, And so it got me thinking. And I know I've done children's stories through the years the the game where you have to guess the letters in a word and i put up four little blanks and i say this is god's favorite word and so immediately the first guess is is there an l and i say no there's no l and then they're all confused cuz they were pretty sure that god's favorite word was love and it probably is. So I probably haven't been fair to those children during the children's story. But then they say, well, is there an E? And I put an E at the end. And so they say, it is love. And I say, nope, it's not love. Um, and then they say, well, is there an O? And I put an O in the second letter. And they say, it is love. And I say, nope, it's not love. And then they start guessing letters until they get to an M. And I put an M in the third letter. And they say, home, it's home. God wants us home. And I say, yes, God does want us home, but it's not an H. And then they keep looking at it until one of the kids say, it's a C. And I put a C on there. And I say, I think God's favorite word is come. Come. And as a matter of fact, you can find the word come in the scriptures over 2,500 times. Now, obviously, some of those are are just a matter of speech, but there's plenty where Jesus says to the fishermen that he meets, come and see. Um, Or he says, uh, you know, anyone who is thirsty, come drink the water of life for free. Um, He says, I am the bread of life. Anyone who's hungry, come to me and you will be satisfied. Um, He says, um, if anyone comes to me, I will not cast them away. He says, come to me, those of you who are weak and heavy laden. 
I'll give you rest. And in Revelation, as we hear the end of all things, we hear Jesus saying, come. The Spirit and the Bride says, come. Um, and I fit this all into a Christmas message because I believe that that Christmas, the idea of Jesus coming to us, of God coming to us, because we can't quite make the journey to God on our own. So he comes to us. I have a friend that says that scripture really says, I will be your God and I will pitch my tent among you. Um, I will come and be with you. Um, and I think that that's what God has wanted all along, that that's what we're created for, because God wanted to be with us. And that's why God reached out through all the judges and the prophets and the priests and, and the people of faith, and why Jesus came to us as Emmanuel so that he could come and be with us, and why God sends his spirit to us, to be with us. Um, I think that's what God wants more than anything else. And so I love that church sign that said, I would rather be excluded for people that I include rather than included for people that I exclude. Because I think God is a God of inclusion, saying, come, come, let's do this together. It, as you were talking about it, it made me think of... <clears throat> When it is so crazy, I don't know if they do this anymore, but when I was in the fourth grade in Foster, they did this like group experiment one day where they took all the fourth graders, there were 60 of us, all these nine year olds, and they put blue markings on some people's cheeks and red markings on other people's cheeks. Mm. And then they started treating the people with blue markings better. Like they let the people with blue markings sit where they wanted. They let the people with blue markings have a longer recess. They let the people with blue markings get a special snack. And it was crazy. Like right. the people with red markings got so mad yeah. and like people with red markings started, like it was like friend against friend, like, and people actually got upset. Like it was right. totally like, obviously just like a, like social construct like it was nothing you know it was random the markings but like people with that were like pushed down started to get so mad at the people who were receiving more and wow not mad at the teachers for having done it but like mad at the individuals who were receiving more and then the people who were receiving more they were like it's not our fault. This is just how it is. And then they started to get a little like high and mighty, like as if they deserved it somehow. Yep. And it was such a crazy experiment. And then at one point in the day, they swapped it. So just without any notice, they started treating like the opposite group better. And then watched how the whole thing like fell apart. And it was just yep. wild. And now I think back on it and I think like, whose idea was that? And how was that like approved and... It's such a great idea, and it was such a big concept, and but it was also just wild, you know? Um, and then they taught us all about, you know, that was, like, an experiment that then led us into a whole unit on, like, prejudice and 
right. racism and segregation and the Holocaust yeah. and like all these like histories of atrocities, you know, um, that had been done against people for no reason except like a random decision on the society's part at the time, you know. Yeah. And, but it, I yeah. think back about, I think back on it a lot. I don't know if other kids from Foster went through that same program, but um, I think back on it a lot. And the thing that gets me the most is how random the markings were. Right, right. That it wasn't like yeah. they said, okay, all these people over this height or right. all the girls. Right. Or like there was no there was no distinguishing factor that we could have understood before, you know? It was completely random. And then and yet still we all quickly identified with the color marking on our cheek, you know? Fully embraced that yeah. color marking. And even I remember like when you when I was in the down group, it was like we were like, yeah, so what? They get all this stuff, but like they're just like pompous, like we're real, you know, right. like it was really bizarre. Like it really took on the identity of the group that we had been assigned, you know? Um, I don't know. I just think, so when you were talking about it, it made me think back on that. And I don't know that we were even old enough to come to real conclusions or that that was even the point of it. Like, I don't remember the debriefing that we had later or, but I just really remember how like puppets, we just completely fell into their plan, you know? So that's, that's really, really interesting. Um, and I wonder if you remember, were there anyone in the favored group that got upset as well? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but they got upset at the, they didn't get upset because they received more. They got upset that the unfavored group was upset. Right. That's like, what I mean. Is there, were there some yeah. people that said this isn't right? Gosh, I don't know. Or did they just enjoy getting the baby? <laughs> enjoy. I mean, I know like when they swapped yeah. it later, then, then people got Then they upset. got the concept it wasn't right. Okay. Because <laughs> I did it in senior high, but I did it by giving okay, every yeah. individual like something. You can't talk to anyone with red hair. Right, right. Or you have to be antagonistic to somebody wearing blue jeans. You won't you won't work with somebody who wears white sneakers, um, right. you know, and I gave everybody those things and some of them really got into it. Um, and some of them yes. said, I, I, I can't do this. I have such a hard time choosing not to do something just because of this random thing. And, and which was the point of the whole thing. Yeah. And then I yeah. gave them tasks to do that they were supposed to accomplish. Right. And obviously those tasks were much more difficult because right. people wouldn't cooperate with you. Restrictions. Yeah. 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 And they got yeah. that message, yeah. but some of them just said, some of them even cheated. You know, I caught somebody talking yeah. to somebody with red hair, you know, because they, right. would, they wouldn't right. do it, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think because of the nature of nine year olds, it's really like a group mentality, right? right. right? So like whoever's the loudest becomes the leader and everyone yeah. falls in line. Yep. You know? Where I bet with teenagers it's more about like yeah. I wanna stand out to be no, I'm the one who's not gonna right. agree with right. this or something. I think nine year olds are yeah. a bit more like sheep, yep. right? Like um so I don't I don't specifically remember that, but yeah, it, I just it, what it does for me is it checks me on my right. own 
perspective, you know? I mean, you know, that, like, the kind of ironic, like, people are always saying, like, oh, isn't it interesting that, like, the most true religion right. is always the right. one that was prominent in the area you happen to be born in, right? Right. It just happens right. to be that your family, the one you were born into, is the one that has the most true religion, right? Um, and so I think that's what it does for me now, is it, when I feel convinced of something, it makes me stop and think back to how easily we were convinced by a marking on our cheek. And nobody right. told us, like nobody right. said, okay, here's the blue right. and red markings. The people with right. blue markings are better. Right. They didn't say that. They just marked us and then treated us differently. Right, right. You know, we weren't told we couldn't talk to each other. We weren't right. told we couldn't, right. but it was like, we right. just split down the middle. Like as soon as some people got treated better, like it just yeah. split the whole fourth grade, you know? Um, and so I think about that. I think about that a lot. And so when you were talking about it, yeah, I don't know. It was yeah. just making me go to that and, and how I think it was, I'm sure it was poignant then, but I think it's especially poignant now. I mean, I was a child, but it seems like in the last 20 years, the divide in our country yeah. seems to have gotten bigger. Yeah. yeah. And you think about how random that is. Exactly. You like, know, yeah, it's because yeah. your skin is is darker, or or where you were born, or be, yeah, like, or where you were born, or because you you shave your head and have just one little tuft of hair on the top of it, you know, right? Um, or you, yeah, or what your parents did for a living, or right. or what yeah, car you drive, or what club you go to, or what church you belong to. Totally. Yeah. Well, Anna Capri was here to visit, and we were talking about. Um, a special that New York Times did on Elizabeth Warren. And in that special, she was, I mean, they do a special on every candidate right now, but they were doing one on her. And in it, she was talking about how she was a Republican before. And then she explained how, like, one of the things that changed her was that she had always heard about people who were declaring bankruptcy. And she always thought that those were people who took the easy way out, but made bad choices. And now we're just taking the easy way out. And then something brought her to a courtroom in middle America, I think. And it was for people that day who were coming to like declare bankruptcy or defend their bankruptcy or however those proceedings go. And when she walked in the room, like everyone there yeah. was like, they were in their Sunday best. That's how she described it. And she, all of a sudden, like her whole perspective changed. Like these weren't just lazy people who were, barely showing up to even defend themselves or whatever. But these were people who were, who had integrity and who had worked really hard and who had been hit with like medical bills or who had been hit with a death in the right. family or who had been hit with getting laid off. And now they were coming and they were embarrassed and they right. had dressed their best to try to come and show like, I'm really trying, <laughs> I'm really trying, but I'm struggling. And that among other things, she said like really shifted her perspective. And now she's a Democrat. Um, and yeah. Anna Capri and I were talking about how it's so interesting that like one of the biggest criticisms she gets is like, you used to be a Republican, <laughs> like you're not even a real Democrat. You used to be a Republican. And she just says like, I lived life and I changed my mind. I've actually chosen this. Yeah. Yeah. I had life experiences that changed my perspective from how I was born. Yeah. But it's so interesting that we live in a society where not everybody, but for some people, the fact that she changed her mind is seen yeah. as a weakness yeah. instead of a strength. Yeah. Like we yep. can't 
we are not encouraged to empathize with the other side, you know? And that I think is, uh, that's what I felt in a fourth grade. That was like the human nature was not to empathize with the other side. Like her experiencing life and altering her perspective based on that growth is considered a weakness instead of a strength. And when I think about that experience I had in the fourth grade, yeah. it really feels like that. Like the moment we yep. were given an identity, we had to stick with that identity. And it would be a weakness if we empathized or considered the other side. And I think that was just normal human nature. And so I think, yeah, it's part, at least for me, it's part of my hope that I can challenge that human nature in myself. Yeah, because the way we're raised we first think that's the way life is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and until you learn those lessons that, oh, all of life isn't that way. Like for Wisdom Walk this this month, I just wanted to keep it a little lighter. So we did Christmas carols and we looked at the messages mm-hmm. of Christmas carols. Mm-hmm. And, and like one mm-hmm. of them was chestnuts roasting on an open fire. And what what the writer of that song did was come up with beautiful images of what Christmas was, is, and always will be for him or her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And most of us that were in that room related to it. Mm-hmm. But somebody in Florida wouldn't right. have related to it and somebody of a different right. culture wouldn't relate it relate to it and so what we took from that mm-hmm. was the message is what you're raised with becomes the defining moment the defining thing of what life is like for you yeah you know yeah but but there's a part of growing up is to always hold on to that childish childlike experiences that help to shape who you are, but to also come to the understanding that other people have other experiences and other truths that shape who they are and that they're not wrong and you're not wrong, but that we're more right when we can figure out how to share our lives together. Yeah. You know, rather than yeah. that separate but equal kind of idea. Yeah. But it can you also know? be like so confusing because, you know, how how can you separate yourself from all of the conditioning that you've had by being born into a specific family in a specific place? Right. You know, it's I mean, even on the Capri, she was just here in D.C. and she was saying, wow, this country is so yeah. big. Like she said, I live in this country, but like walking around downtown DC, she was just saying like, right. Oregon doesn't look right. anything like this. Like, and right. and DC doesn't right. even look anything like New right. York, you know, like it's even within this country. Right. So how do you, I mean, so much of what I believe, like the things that I stake my life on, the things that I make my daily and lifetime choices right. on how do I know that those are right, right. and not just right. based on a conditioning right. that I've had from 32 yeah. years growing in this yeah. environment? Like, how do you separate from that identity? Like that so much of what I do, you know, I mean, so much of what I do, I think like, yeah, that's my choice. And then I realize, like, it's just you and mom. Right. Like I've just right. mimicked you and mom a hundred percent. Right. Which means you're probably about 80% right, but. Um, <laughs> But you still got a good 20% that needs to learn. But then you have other yeah. people. I mean, like like my husband, Janardin, 
I mean, he's he's chosen a completely right. different path than his right. family. He lives com- like a totally different. Like he lives in another country. He practices a different religion. He yeah. eats a different diet. Like he he yeah. does a completely different thing for a living. So it's yeah. It seems some of us are, I don't know, more conditioned than others. More yeah. yeah. But yeah. do you feel like? I mean, like when I like when I think that I'm making choices that are based on like the truth that I know within me. But then I look at like, you know, you have your bachelor's degree in recreation and then you have a master's in divinity from a ministerial school and your son is a director of recreation and your daughter is like attending ministerial school, right? Anna Capri somehow got out of your influence and is doing her own thing. Well, every, everything, but, you, everything you know, need in life you've learned before you were in kindergarten. <laughs> right. So she was know. saved. So she was saved. I didn't here. get her before kindergarten, you know? <laughs> But I mean, do you feel that in your own life? Like, do you ever look at your life and think, oh, shoot, did I really make my own like autonomous choices here? Or am I actually just a result? Because you you are, I mean, you're different than your parents, but in so many ways, you really try to take the best of your parents. Absolutely. Um, I don't know how, I don't know how you don't, you you know, I I guess that whole I, yeah. Some people pronounce it imago, and some people pro- pronounce it imago. But the 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 psychological, social, you know, idea is you do draw and shape your life based on the images of love that you know, you know. And some of that is you want to be like them, and some of them, some of that is you don't want to be anything like them. Yeah. You know, but. It, but both of those reactions are responses to who they are. Yeah. You know? Um, and yeah, I'm so much a product of my family. Yeah. And then hopefully a product of some of the life experience that I've had. Yeah. You know, I don't know how to be anything but that. You know, yeah. if you understand that, maybe you can pursue other other kind of life experiences that would broaden your view. And I guess that's yeah. what I'm looking at with this inclusion idea. Yeah, exactly. That, you know, cause the church I went to as a kid, not my parents' church, but when my dad was overseas and we went to the community church, you know, they would send gay people to hell. Yeah. You know, luckily I've had experiences with, with people that choose to have other people to love than what's normally prescribed by the society that I grew up with. Yeah. Um, and, and I've, I've been taught by them, you know, they, yeah. they were able to say to me, Bob, I don't know why the church condemns me for choosing to love somebody. Isn't that what God wants me to do? So, right. so even though I was cultured in one way, I was taught by experiencing life with someone different yeah. than me. Right. Um, right. So, right. so how can we not grow up cultured by the society that we're in? Yeah. Un, you know, unless we expand our vision. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that's what I, I hope is true about this generation. Yeah is that in some ways they've chosen to say, we don't need all these labels. It, they don't matter. Right. I'm sure they have their own issues. Right. You know, and, um, 
but it leads me in this conversation to say, based on your God or your value system, what isn't included? What is what is condemned by your value system? Mm -hmm. And is that okay that it's condemned? Yeah. Yeah. But it's so hard because even as you're saying that, I was thinking, yeah, because I was taught that nobody is evil, like evil doesn't exist. Uh, but that like, you know, there's just, we all have our stuff. So like different people right. have, and it's all right. based on their conditioning and it's based on like uh, the, who they were born into. And blah, blah. But I only believe that because of where I was born. Yeah. I only believe that because that's literally what you taught me. Like if right. someone had the video right. of my entire life, we could right. trace it back to the continuous moments where you right. repeated that to me until I understood it and believed it. You know? And so it's like, yeah, maybe you're not right. Maybe evil does yeah. exist. Right. And maybe right. we're fighting the wrong fight, you know? So it, it's just funny. Like, I believe you. I'm on your side with that. But, like, don't I believe you because I'm your daughter? Right. Or do I believe you because that's true? It's just so interesting. Like, Right. And I think for some people, they right. they do have religions or they have religious beliefs where, like, there is an authority, whether that's God or a representative that God has sent that does give an authority that then they can go to. Right. right? And I think a lot of Christians right. do lean on the Bible for that. Like, okay, Absolutely. I might think this, you might think this. A hundred years ago, we might have thought this, but here's what the Bible says about it. So, like, there's our authority, you know. Yeah. I, I've i always been more one to kind of want to explore it myself. But again, I, that's because that's what you taught me, <laughs> you know. So I think it's um, it's tricky, you know. For me, the, for, for me, the only way I've, I've found to deal with that is, like, that's for me where, like, the practice of meditation and prayer comes in because I just try to go to that still small place and see what comes up for me there and hope that what's coming up is some clarity and truth and not just my mind creating things based on the experiences I've had. Yeah. 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 And, and like, I think maybe you've opened the door farther than me because I wouldn't say there's not evil, Mm -hmm. you know, but I do say all the time, we all have our stuff, Yeah, you know, and I think our stuff can open the door to evil mm-hmm. or can open the door to healing or can open the door to exclusion or can open the door to inclusion. So, yeah. so I don't know if you've taken that thought even farther than me, because I do believe there's, yeah. there's evil that that's trying mm-hmm. to counteract God. Yeah. It's just interesting you say that because I would guess my mom doesn't believe in evil. Yeah. All right. <laughs> would there you, you guess that? Yes. yes. Like, so I would, I would assume that yep. it, I ha- that's a combination of awesome. you and her. Awesome. Like, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so this week, take a look at who you think should be included in the possibilities of God, the community of God, and who you think shouldn't be included, should be excluded from the community of God. And take a look at those that you think are should be excluded and say, is that because God wants them excluded? Or is that because I have learned that those people should be excluded? And challenge yourself to experience something, someone that you've never experienced trusting that God still has things to teach you.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Big Fish Little Pod. We are having such a great time making this podcast, and we're really appreciating all of the feedback and input that we get from you. Please comment on the podcast post on my dad's Facebook page, or send us an email at bigfishlittlepod at gmail.com. Thanks. See you next time.